welcome to Prosper. I'm your host, Anna Maria Bliven, and today we're going to be talking with, well, I think you can call him a mad scientist when it comes to marketing and building the marketing journey to the sales journey to the fulfillment journey. Oh, you can't miss this, especially if you're building a business on your own and you're wanting to have a network of relationships that are valuable and meaningful to you and to those in your network. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Today, we have the privilege of talking with Paul Sokol. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, Paul, you have very interesting skills, (laughs) especially when it comes to building business and building a network of relationships. Yes. Yes. I've, uh, for the past you know, decade or so, I've I've really mastered using automation to do relationships at scale. Originally starting off in email marketing, but uh, now branching out to multi-channel and advertising and things like that. So you went from e- just a straight sending emails, hi, how are you? Here I am. This is what I can do for you to now automation that kind of does that for you and saves you a lot of time and gets you maybe, you know, more bang for your buck, so to speak? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a huge time saver. So, for example, I use a a calendaring system just like you do for for booking these shows. And basically, whenever a lead comes in, they they go into the system and it sends them an email and says, hey, it looks like we need to book a call. And then when they do, they get a calendar invite and I just have to show up for the meeting. And so let's talk about automation building relationships, right? So as far as email marketing, I have a timing strategy that I call the the weekly redeemer timing. And the idea is that it's a series of three messages over the course of a week to get somebody to redeem something, to really just to click somewhere to do something. And the timing of this works such that, well, we'll use this example. So I immediately send you an email, says, hey, go book. If you haven't booked a call within three days at 8 a.m., the system will send another email that says, hey, it's Paul again, and you know, I don't see anything on our calendar. Here's the link. And then if they still don't book four days later in the afternoon, so making it a full week after we first sent it, it sends one more email that's like, hey, I don't want to be a bother. Here's your last reminder. Go click a link and book. And that's actually a really simple automation. That's a very common kind of thing. Uh, reminding people to, to take action because what you can do is you can be even more behavior based in that way. So if somebody clicks to book an appointment, but they don't actually book an appointment because reasons, then you can follow up in a different way. So something that I like to do on click based behavior based automation like that, I'll send follow up at what's called the witching hour. This is something that I stole from one of my clients, John Hutchinson, and he was saying that whenever somebody's active in their email is when you want to show up. So if somebody clicks and they don't book an appointment, I'll wait 23 hours and then send the follow-up. So that way it's all with respect to when they clicked. If they're clicking around their emails at 2 a.m., cool. I want to show up at 1 a.m. And, uh, and then these emails, again, are very transactional, very conversational. Hey, do you have any questions about booking? you know, PS, here's the link again. And uh, that does wonders for the relationship. It allows you, uh, people will reply back and, you know, you can keep the conversation going. And so, yeah, more bang for your buck. That's a great way to to describe it. 
So do you find that people click more so when they're told this is the final time that I'm bothering you versus the first time or the, even this? <laughs> so statistically, you're always going to see like this, this U shape and that kind of behavior uh, whenever there's any kind of urgency. So you're going to get the most bookings with that first email and the most with that last email. And then in between, just kind of please clean up. You see this a lot on product launches as well. You know, as soon as the cart opens up, everybody goes and buys, and then it's open for a week or whatever. And then on the last day, you get a bunch of sales. Shows work like that too, like entertainment shows, conferences. Uh, when the cart opens up, you'll get a big pop in sales. And then the day or so before, you get a bunch of people walking up or, or just buying, you know, the day of. So that behavior shows up. I wonder why that is. Uh, well, it's... Uh, I would say it's based on human psychology, uh, at least the whole urgency and, and missing out, fear, missing out, FOMO, real common thing. That is, that's just an angle. That's just an approach that you can deliver your message. And so when it's the third email and you say, hey, this is my last time, and then, yeah, and then it actually is the last time, you don't keep blowing up with the same request, then, uh, then it really works. And if they don't book after that, that doesn't necessarily mean that the ride's over. You just need to figure out what's the next part of their customer journey. Maybe drop them into some kind of a, a nurture sequence where you're dripping information on them. Perhaps uh, maybe at that point you try and go cross-channel, so invite them to follow you on social. And that can be a series of emails too. If you have three social properties that you're on, that could be a reason to send three emails, you know, maybe over the course of a couple of months just to touch base every once in a while and, and grow your social following. Yeah. And again, people will respond to those sometimes and bubble up the sales conversation. If you sit down and mindfully plan out and storyboard the journey you want to create, you can write some very hyper-relevant and personalized experiences. And, and that's all that people want these days. They don't want to feel like they're a data point. Right. Either they're a data point or they are a target, a market target. Right. Nobody wants to be a market target. No. <laughs> nope, we're all just humans. So. Right. So if you're sharing a story and you are you give a little bit like, I'd like to share with you a story of my journey, click here. Do you find that they click? Depending on how much they resonate with you, depending on a variety of factors. So uh, you do need to be clear on who your target market is for whatever your offer is. Because if you have the best hamburger in the world, but you're targeting vegetarians, it doesn't matter how good your message is, how much money you have to spend on ads, and how big your sales team is, and no one's going to buy it. So the, you hear this a lot, the message to market match. And so that's, that's critical to keep in mind when you're doing any kind of marketing or content creation or anything like that especially with advertising. So know your customer. Yeah, Yo, you got to know your customer. I think David Ogilvy said that your customer is your wife, meaning you need to know them as intimately as you would your spouse, such that you kind of know what they're going to want before they ask for it. You're there to just show up when they need it, almost like good, good hospitality management. Uh, a good concierge at a hotel knows what you're going to need before you need it. And that's really the trick. That's the secret to good customer service. Just predict what people are going to need and give them something to do about it. And you can actually do some investigating in that regard by just paying attention to what other people are posting. Oh, yeah. In your market. 
Well, yeah, you can do a bunch of you can do a bunch of research on your on your competition. You can do a bunch of research on your potential leads on the different evaluators who are you know ready to be making some kind of a decision. A really good place to do target market research is looking at your competitors' detractors. So if I was Nike, I would go to the Adidas page and I would look at all the one star reviews. What are people saying? This is very helpful to get the to get the language correct as well as knowing the behavioristics. So like what are what challenges do they have? What are their goals? What's happening in their life? Why would a man start shopping for a baby stroller? Well, behavioristically, the triggering event is his wife got pregnant. So you need to know this and you need to be able to meet people where they're at in the conversation. This also comes down to the levels of awareness. There's a, a great acronym out there called UPSID. U-P-S-Y-D. And this is talking about the five different levels of awareness that a target market may have. So they're either unaware, they're problem aware, they're solution aware, they're your solution aware, and then they're deal aware. And so that's the highest level of awareness when it comes to your product and your offers. Not only does somebody know what you have and what you got, they also know that you're running a sale or a promotion or you know launch or something like that. So where I see a lot of people run into problems is they're talking to the wrong level of awareness. You have, especially with ads, you'll have people running in here, oh, you know, attend this webinar on how to, what's a good example, attend this webinar on how to uh, build a website that brings in more customers. You know, it's, it's, it's optimized for conversions. Well, if I don't even know that my website has a problem in the first place. I'm not interested in that webinar. I would first need to be educated at least on the fact that, hey, your website's a business asset. It needs to be fast. It needs to be clear. And it needs to work. It needs, it needs to look great on, on a phone. It's, it's 2021. You got to design for mobile first, ideally. And now that I know that, okay, let me attend a webinar that talks about how to design a website that keeps people there, that allows leads to reach out to you, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm talking a lot. How is this? I see you taking some notes. I did, the upset, most especially because I wasn't aware myself that, <laughs> so I'm in the U category, unaware. Um, P for product aware, S for solution aware, and Y, you aware. In other words, you exist and what yeah. you want or what you have to offer. And then deal aware. Let me go ahead and share my screen and I'll show you. There's a little graphic that, that I've bookmarked. You can see my screen, right? I can. Okay. So yeah, simple oh, nice. little graphic, thinking of it like a little stair set. And I just Googled Upsid and this this one's one of the best visuals here. So so when we're talking about marketing, the whole point of marketing is to get people into your sales journey. Really it's to it's to to create a lead, create a face with a name that you can follow up with. That is the there's the objective of marketing. There's other things that lead up to that, but that's the whole point of any marketing activity is to feed the sales machine. And then the, the, the marketing journey becomes the sales journey. And then, of course, the sales journey becomes the fulfillment journey once they become a customer because it's all one conversation and one timeline for everybody. So your sales process can definitely go through this whole upset cycle. In fact, that's what you're going to need to do. So you can have marketing to take people from unaware, problem, desire, or aware, or even if they're unaware of a problem, you know, this is why you see assessments and quizzes and, and those kinds of things so 
effective for lead generation because people want to know they want to you know get a personalized what's what's in it for me with them yeah what's in it for me yeah and so marketing can be generating leads that are problem unaware you know problem desire even solution aware and then if you have like a great deal you're going after the competitors you can you can even develop parts of your journey to take leads that are very aware and just get them into the right part of the sales conversation. So for example, if somebody's like problem or desire aware, maybe you can have them opt in to see a demo or a trial or something like that. But for people that are deal aware, you might run an ad directly that says, Hey, say, you know, get six months off keep for uh, pardon me, get 50% off six months of keep for black Friday. And then those leads, maybe those people just get a calendar link directly because they're a little hot, a little hot, much hotter and ready to buy. Whereas if someone's booking a demo, maybe you go through the whole, you know, hey, check it out. All right, book a call. So there can be many entry points into the marketing journey. Uh, and there can even be more than one entry into the sales journey. But those those pathways need to be clearly defined and everybody in the business needs to be using the same pathways. It's like a theme park. It's like, this is the main gate and uh, don't let people in the employee entrance. So you have a marketing journey to a sales journey to fulfillment journey. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's every every offer, every hamburger that you're selling, which is either a product or a service, uh, every hamburger has its own marketing, sales, and fulfillment journey. And then if a business has more than one product or service that it sells, then usually those will have separate journeys. They can sometimes chain onto each other. So if you buy product A, after the fulfillment of it, it starts the marketing journey for product B or service B or whatever. And then operationally behind the scenes, that's where the shared resources come from. So how you do marketing, how you do your sales, how you do your fulfillment, those those tools and resources are going to be shared between the different offers. It's like a, it's like a restaurant. I mean, there's 50 items on the menu, but they're all cooked in the same kitchen. Right. But each product has its own you know, positioning at least in way that it's cooked and presented and price point. So if you're going to design your customer journey, well, you need to also make sure you're considering the operational things that must happen to get it done. So the operational is, of course, in the fulfillment of it and the taking care of the customer. Well, operations is in the marketing of it. Okay. There's a, there, there's a way that you market. You know, here's how we write a blog post. Here's how we post to social. Here's how we produce videos. There's a way that you sell. Here's how we follow up with our leads. Here's how we track our leads in a sales pipeline. Here's how we create orders and collect credit cards. Operation, that's what I'm saying. Operations is not just limited to, in fact, I'll show you this idea called the business stack. This is actually the topic of my next book. My first book was the Infusionsoft cookbook, which Infusionsoft is now called Keep, um, but it was literally a cookbook of how to use the software to do all sorts of things in the customer journey. And so this next book is talking about the business stack. Uh, it's a customer-centric model where, we've already talked about half of it, where your customer receives your offer through the customer journey of marketing, fulfillment, and sales, uh, marketing, sales, and fulfillment. And then operations is how do you market? How do you sell? How do you fulfill? So that's that's behind the scenes. Usually people don't notice that uh, or you have more control over that. Uh, and then, of course, people do the operations. And so there's there's an entire people journey that's hidden uh, that most businesses, most businesses are just now 
figuring out that they need a good people journey. It's, it's hilarious. You know, there's, you know, labor shortages and we can't hire. Well, no, your people systems are out of place. You don't have a clear mission. Uh, you don't have a clear vision for your company and a mission. You don't have, you know, any kind of a core values. You're missing basic tools like functional and process charts. You do not have the things to protect you and the employee legally. You're, you're missing handbooks and termination policies and discipline policies and, um, you know, uh, even the, the operations, right? When you hire somebody, you have to train them. And, and that training needs to be repeatable. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Amazon can take somebody off the street and within three hours, they can be pulling packages off the conveyor belt because they've got their training that dialed in. In fact, their training is mostly visual. You don't even have to be able to read really. Uh, it's a visual training. Same thing with a lot of fast food and, and quick serve restaurants. If you go to any, any QSR like McDonald's or Burger King and you look behind the, the, the counter, you'll often see a little recipe guide, which is just pictures of here's how you make a Big Mac or you know Whopper, whatever the case is. And so that's operations. And so in your people systems, there's a people journey as well, which is there's their hiring journey, there's the inspiring them while they're an employee, and then there's the, the firing journey when you offboard them. All three of those journeys need to be developed uh, just like you would with the customer journey. And so uh, hiring processes, especially if you're looking to grow quickly, you probably want a hiring pipeline, just like you would have a sales pipeline. And there would be some official way that you accept applications and review them. And then, of course, you would have your interview process and the way you present the offer of, of employment. And then that transitions into their inspiring journey. So how do you onboard them? What do you do before their first day? What assets and resources do you need to have ready so when they walk in on their first day, they can be effective? What does their first week of the job look like? That should be extremely structured. What is a 30-day roadmap look like? What's a 90-day roadmap look like? How can we make sure that at the end of their hiring, not only do they, they know their job, but they have the training to do it, they feel like they're part of the team, and, and they know how they're being measured for performance? And then, of course, with offboarding, it's basically the reverse of that, You know, making sure we're removing access correctly and, and doing the final paperwork, final paychecks, those kinds of stuff. And then, of course, finance is the bottom paying for all of this. And that's all any business ever does. Whether you're a one-person hot dog cart or Disney, you're just doing you're doing this just at different scales. So yeah, yeah. And if anybody's interested in this, you can go to book.paulsocal.me and you can get on the pre-wait list. Um, and it should be out hopefully in the, the in 2023 because publishing takes time. So sure does. Yeah. So, Paul, in your LinkedIn profile, you said, ask me about my work with a Shark Tank winner. <laughs> Tell us about that. Yes, I will. I will. So um, this would have been, let's see, probably 2013, 2014. I was, you know, I was in product by then. So I was in, uh, back then, Keep was known as Infusionsoft. And so I was on their product team and I owned all of the campaign templates. So any of the pre-built campaigns that people could just install under their accounts and use for free, that was my job. I was also accountable to any paid campaign content because there were some premium ones people paid for. So making sure those are all up to date. And then also 
partner content fell on my lap as well. And so because of the role I was in, and Infusionsoft at the time had a partnership with Damon John, and so he was uh, basically pushing the software. And one of the businesses that he invested in needed a membership site, and they decided to use Infusionsoft with, I, I forgot what their membership, what technology they used for the membership site. And it was uh, escape and evasion. It was like an, a spy training guy was like a former something officer and taught all sorts of stuff, like how to escape duct tape and live off the grid and whatnot. And so his membership site had like 21 modules, uh, something like that. And so the way that it was that, and then there was like a monthly access to some mastermind group. And so we built this campaign that basically the marketing journey was you request to get like the first four modules for free. And then the follow-up gives you access to that. And then also invites you to go ahead and buy the whole thing. And so the, and then there was also like two options. There was like a pay in full and like a two pay or something like that. That all got built. I built all the campaigns. I actually had to learn a new magic trick to kind of bend the software to do that two pay thing that we wanted. And so that was really cool. And the episode aired, the website was all over the screen. People went, they opted in for the free trial. And then I want to say within nine days, it had already flipped six figures after the airing of the episode. And then of course it just continued to sell, but uh, that was really exciting. That was super cool. Uh, and it was very simple. It was the member site with the, the modules and then a sales page which pointed to an order form. And then depending on which version they wanted, it went to that order form. And so that was that was some of the fanciness. I had to figure out how do you track if they click to the full version or if they click to the payment version, because the follow-up would be different based on if they were considering paying it all at once or if they were just doing payments. Uh, classic direct salesmanship, you know, know your offer and then drop down. Wow. So you knew that they were going to be on Shark Tank and you got them ready. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a huge case study. You know, Damon John invested in this guy. Want to use Infusionsoft? Cool. You're going to go ahead and work with Paul. He's our best campaign guy in the company. And sure enough, we made magic happen. Well, really, it was it was his content and whoever wrote the sales page. I just assembled it and made sure the journey made sense. And then, of course, I helped them with the messaging because messaging for automation is a very subtle art. Because if you do it right, people aren't going to be sure you did anything at all. And when you mess it up, it's real apparent and feels gross. So somebody like myself who doesn't really know how to message the ad that would get the person that is reading the ad excited enough to click and engage, they would contact you mm -hmm. or they would contact someone at Keep or what would they do? Yeah. They would contact somebody like me. I'm a Keep certified partner. I've actually been certified since 2008 as part of their original CMAC, the Certified Marketing Automation Coach Program. And then I ended up working for, for Keep from 2011 to 2016. And so there's lots of us out there in the world. And so, yeah, if somebody is wanting help with the messaging specifically, they're going to want to find a copywriter. However, be very careful. Most copywriters or rather look for a copywriter that also is used to working with automation and sequencing because 
writing like a linear email drip, or rather you can take a direct mail campaign where it's just a bunch of letters and you can basically do the same thing in an email. You can't really do that through text messaging because you'll upset a bunch of people. You can do stuff like that on social, but if you're going to do something long form, it's better off to be video and it's better to chunk it out and guide people through the different parts of it because people have to know, like, and trust you before they're going to do anything with you. And that's part of the journey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so good, mar- I mean, that's, that's the secret to good marketing is good marketing should always get people to know you, get them to like you and get them to trust you. And at the same time, it should polarize your non-targets. So it should make them aware of you, but it should definitely make them not necessarily intentionally say don't like you, but push them away from you. And, you know, they probably trust you to not work with you kind of thing. And that's, that's what you want. You can't be everything for everybody. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm not for everybody. I definitely, we work real fast, do good, high quality work, and we, we know what we're going to do. So if people are kind of waffly or they're always changing their mind or whatnot, they don't usually work well with us because once the plan is, is there, now we go build the house. It's like, hey, architect, here's the plan. Cool. And now we start building the house. Oh, you wanted a pool? Okay, well, back to the drawing board. You're going to pay for another planning session kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so, yeah. And in our case, it would start out with storyboarding, uh, storyboarding the journey. And then if you're going to do advertising, that's just one moment in the journey. And so there's a different planning tool that we use because ads are nonlinear, whereas a customer journey is, is linear. I think I could go on for days about that. I, I love that kind of stuff. Yes, you are definitely passionate and you're very, very skilled at what you do. Oh, thank and you. you've got an, um, a book coming out in addition to the book that you sold a thousand plus copies and you're a mm-hmm. mad scientist. I love it. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Why do you call yourself mad scientist? So that's a fun story. So back in, I think probably 2011 or uh, 2011, 2012, when I first started working at Infusionsoft, I I was just, like I said, I was a success coach and we sat right next to the support team. And so we interacted a lot and, you know, we supported each other and I don't know what I did. I did something and the director of support, Jordan Mozzie wrote me a little thank you card and he, you know, Hey, thanks for being the, you know, the infusion on soft mad scientist or something like that. And the name stuck because I'm just, I'm just a big nerd and uh, my background is in electrical engineering. I have a master's in signal processing. And so I just build marketing circuits these days. And so the name stuck. And I even brought that as part of my public persona as well because I'm a big heavy metal guy. And so I went to MC the company meeting one year and I bought a black lab coat and I put a bunch of, I'm going to show my screen, I put a bunch of patches on it that are really just, you know, old shirts. Oh, look at that. Uh, And old gear and people love that. And then... I should, there should be a recent one floating around here somewhere. I've got a whole bunch of them. I just did an event recently. That's me hanging out with Michelle Bell. So you can see I've got, you know, my buddy, Greg Jenkins, a monkey pod, plus this, got appointment core over here, you know, some other old client. Actually, that, that 2X patch is from 2009. Infusionsoft had a double your sales challenge. And so my company, Jive Systems, entered the challenge and we doubled our sales. And so we won and got the shirt. And uh, there's also a digital marketer one over there 
can't really see it in that angle. But yeah, so I'm the mad scientist, and it's great because I don't really have to hide my nerdiness, and uh, I'm a little I'm a little wacky, a little crazy sometimes. So you know, people accept that, and uh, I like to say I'm mad first and then a scientist. So <laughs> to me, it all comes down to a question of can't or won't. And in most cases, I, I push I push the boundaries of can't. Wow. So I really have learned a lot. So, you know, in this, what, four, 30, 40 minutes that we've been together, and I appreciate yeah. you so willingly able to, you know, come on the podcast and share your expertise and knowledge. And I sure hope that Thank you. our listeners, especially those that are building a business, and actually take notes <laughs> like I did um, for some of the yeah. things that you were talking about. And, oh, we're looking forward to your new book. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. So, again, you can go to book.paulsokol.me. That's P-A-U-L-S-O-K-O-L.me. And if you just go to paulsokol.me, you can also join my Under the Hair mailing list. I send out emails in very infrequently, maybe once a month, but they're always really jam-packed with a lot of valuable information. And usually I'll link to a podcast appearance or a guest post that I do as well. And then, of course, if people prefer to do social, I'm all over social media. So you can find me at facebook.com slash under the hair, or you can pull me up on LinkedIn, which uh, which is where, uh, is that where we got connected off of LinkedIn? That is, yes. Okay. Okay. And yes, that's yes, where I, I found out that you're a mad scientist and that you worked with the one of the, the winners of um, Shark Tank and personally designing an automated funnel that turns six figures within nine days. That's yeah, impressive. Yeah, yeah that, that was very exciting too. And that was just one episode airing, you know, the five-ish minutes that that slot was. Wow, I never actually thought about that. Because, yeah, it's an episode, but it wasn't the full, like, hour, half hour. It would have been maybe five to ten minutes on air. Dang. That's, okay. So... Everybody wow. listening, you know how to get a hold of Paul. Yes. And Paul is uh, ready to meet with you <laughs> and uh, help you make your dreams come true. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on Prosper Podcast. You're welcome. And we look forward to hearing more about your success. Looking forward to your book. Again, thanks for prospering us on the Prosper Podcast. You're welcome. I'm all about abundance and prosperity. And so as soon as I saw the name, I'm like, got to be on this one. All righty. Thanks, Paul. You're welcome. Bye. Hey, you listeners. Are you as excited as I'm as excited to learn something like Upsid? You're a small business owner and you're looking to build your business I sure hope you've got a lot of information and inspiration to do just that based on what Paul's shared with us. So, you know, thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. And I hope that you can take away a lot of great information as you build your business on your path to prosper. Prosper.